Well, good morning. Happy Independence Day. Welcome all of you that are joining us by way of internet, online, live, or if you're watching this after, we welcome you today. And the same power, the same anointing, I pray that's in this place will rest on you right where you're at because God's everywhere. And His Word, the Bible says that His Word runs swiftly throughout the earth and it will accomplish much. And we thank you for it. Jesus, we thank you for your Word today. Well, continuing on that thought, the Apostle Paul, go with me to Philippians chapter 3. Philippians chapter 3. Now don't stay stay in faith right now. Let's stay let's stay hooked up to this this whole time. This isn't uh, your grandma's church. We're we're live. Amen. We're engaged. Amen. We're in faith. Amen. Philippians chapter three, verse thirteen. I do not consider, brethren, that I have captured. And made it my own. But one thing I do. It is my one aspiration. Forgetting what lies behind. And straining forward to what lies ahead. I press toward the goal. To win the supreme. And heavenly prize. For which God. In Christ Jesus. Is calling us upward. Do you know that. where Has anybody. Had the thoughts. In the last several months that we're living in the last days or just me. Has anybody had the uh, maybe even used the, this term might have come out of your mouth that you hadn't heard in a while. Rapture. Second coming of Christ. Well, there's no question we're living in the last days. And, and Paul said, I'm pressing toward the goal to win the supreme and heavenly prize for which God in Christ Jesus has called me upward. So we got to keep our minds fixed. We have to be heavenly minded. The Bible says when, when all these things begin to happen, to look up. Because your redemption draws near. And to keep our minds fixed on these things. You know, I, I think about it sometimes. I'll think about, as I'm in my prayer time in the mornings, I'll think about what it'll be like in heaven. There are songs written about it. You know, and we've been there 10,000 years. Can you fathom this? Can you fathom being with God for 10,000 years? Bright shining as the sun, no darkness at all. You got your mansion that was prepared for you. I got mine. I asked Nikki if we could share one. I said, honey, would you still want to live with me for eternity? What, what did she say? I don't, uh, I think she said, sure. Uh, yeah, she's praying about it. We got to keep our eyes, you know, 
Just think about it. It's not, it's not some escapist mentality. So if we don't think about where we're going, it says now we're citizens of the kingdom. Now. So there's a way that God has. There's, there's a heaven way that, the, that all throughout the New Testament, Jesus came to preach the kingdom of God. Don't be in fear. Be in faith. The kingdom of God works like this. You sow, you reap. And he, he taught the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom whose citizenship that we're a part of. We are saints. We are joint heirs with Jesus in this kingdom. We are brothers and sisters in Christ. This is who we are. And so all the, I, I'm not going to get into this today, but all of the people that went before us, Abraham, and you go read Hebrews 11, it says that he was looking forward to the city whose, whose architect and whose builder and maker was God. What was he doing? He was looking ahead. And so we're living in the days, and, he, and here's one thing that the, that the Lord reminded me of when I, when I begin to think about this and meditate on what he would have me say today is that we're living in the days of Peter walking on water. Many people want to focus on the fact that, that Peter sank. And, they, you know, and almost like there's been so many sermons on Peter you know, getting out of this boat. But, hey, Peter walked on water. Now, I don't know when the last time you've walked on water has been. But that is a supernatural occurrence. And the Bible said at first the winds were contrary. And then it said the winds were, when he saw that the winds were boisterous, that he began to sink. What happened is that he got distracted by all the stuff, lost his focus. Are you with me? And then that's when he began to sink. But when he was focused... He walked on water. Let me say this again. When he was focused, he walked on water. That is supernatural. That's supernatural. We are supernatural beings. We're to flow in the supernatural. And Brother Hagin's had prophecies that said, you know, that we will, we will, be so comfortable in these last days flowing in the supernatural that it, that like a fish swims in water. Go with me to revelation chapter four. I want to just show you a picture today of what's, of what's ahead. Revelation chapter four. Verse 2, at once I came under the Holy Spirit's power and behold, a throne stood in heaven with one seated on the throne. And he who sat there appeared like uh, crystalline brightness of jasper and the fiery start. I'm not sure how to pronounce it. Sardius, Sardius. And encircling the throne, there was a halo that looked like a rainbow of emerald. I'm talking about colors 
that we've never seen. You know, God's a creator. You know, we haven't, we haven't seen everything. Uh, when, when you get to heaven, you'll see colors and jewels and, and, and things. We're, we're, we're walking on streets of gold. Pure gold. Who knows what will be in your mansion? If Jesus has prepared a place for you, that means he knows you. I know God knows me better than I know myself. You won't need a big screen TV in heaven. And so, verse 24, 24 other thrones surrounding the throne. And seated on these thrones were 24 elders, the members of the heavenly Sanhedrin, arrayed in white clothing with crowns of gold upon their heads. Can you picture this? And out of the throne came flashes of lightning and rumblings and peals of thunder. And in front of the throne, seven blazing torches burned, which are the seven spirits of God, the sevenfold Holy Spirit. And in front of the throne... There was also what looked like transparent glassy sea as if of crystal. And around the throne in the center of each throne were four living creatures who were full of eyes in front behind with intelligence as to what is before and at the rear of them. Now, Revelation chapter 15 says about this glassy sea as if of crystal that it's that it's mingled with fire. And so I want to just talk about this for a second because I want you to get the Lord wants you to get a picture of where we're going and what we will look like. This is a book by Dr. Hilton Sutton called Revelation Revealed. And he says about this crystal sea that we just read about that John sees the crystal sea before the throne. This is not a body of water or a large expanse of clear glass. In scripture, in scripture, a description of a mass of people accompanies the word sea whenever it is used without reference to the name or the location of this existing body of water. So the crystal sea, he says, is a great company of people standing before the throne of God. They are referred to as a sea because of the vast numbers and as crystal because of their right standing before God. He has made us to be the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. What's the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus mean? That we have right standing with God. That we can boldly approach the throne of grace. Come on. To obtain mercy and to find grace to help in times of need. So... The crystal sea before the throne is the symbol of the whole church company in heaven. Crystal is the only earthly substance in which flaws cannot be hidden. So crystal shows flaws unlike any other uh, jewel. In fact, any flaws in crystal are magnified. 
The Lord will present to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but be holy and without blemish. Second Peter uh, describes what those are. We won't take the time to get into that. Revelation 15 verse 2 describes the crystal sea as being mingled with fire. And here's where we're going to. So here's one thing we need to get out of this today. Is that you in front of the throne. Imagine yourself in front of the throne of God. Where we'll praise, worship God forever and ever and ever and ever. And you are described as the church, you, the church, are described as crystal that is flawless. Revelation 15.2 describes this crystal sea as being mingled with fire. This indicates strongly that the Holy Spirit, often symbolized by fire, has produced the crystal sea, you, me, and is responsible for its presence at the throne of God. So this crystal sea has been, the church has been made flawless and presented to God by the Holy Spirit who is represented by fire. Are you with me? Everything about the crystal speaks of the glorious church, not only its ability to expose flaws, but its beauty, fire, and even its melodious sound made when gently thumped. So we're going to talk today about this fire. This fire of the Holy Spirit. And if you'll go with me to 2 Timothy chapter 1. So you've seen now where we're headed. What we will look like. And that the Holy Spirit will play a major role in getting the church, the body of Christ... To the place of presentation before the throne of God. I'll say that again. The Holy Spirit will play a major role in getting the body of Christ to the place to be the glorious church without spot, wrinkle, or blemish. And what is the Holy Spirit representative of? Fire. What's the Holy Spirit representative of? So 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 6 says, That is why I would remind you to stir up, rekindle the embers of, fan the flame of, and keep burning the gracious gift of God, the inner fire that is in you by the means of laying on of hands. Now I did a little word study on this. Uh, This word stir up is a compound word based from two different words. One of the words means a live thing, something that's alive, and the other means a fire. So if we put those two things together, it's talking about a live fire. 
That's on the inside of us. Now, certainly when you get born again, there's a, there's a zeal that takes place. You know, this passion. How many of you remember when you were born again? How many can go back and recall that day? Hallelujah. Seven of you. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Lord, help me, Jesus. How many of you remember the day you were born again? Brother Jerry talked about defining moments. That is a defining moment in your life when you were born again. And Jesus Christ came and made your dead spirit alive. And now you are alive. You know, on the inside, your spirit is now alive. You can have now all the promises of the kingdom. You can, you can walk in joy. You can have peace like you've never, like the world can never give. There's a lot of benefits to being born again. And we sometimes take it kind of casual. Oh, we had, we had 30 people that got, they got born again. Oh, praise the Lord. No, no, no. 30 people just had their chains fall off who were under the grip of Satan, who were bound for hell. But, but, but accepted the gift of God in Christ Jesus. And he came in and changed on the inside of them. He resurrected their dead spirit, caused them to be alive in, in him. It's a big deal. And so Paul's telling Timothy, you know, you got to keep this stirred up on the inside of you. You know, church... Church can be church is a great habit and routine to be in, but if it becomes routine, and so we have to be at the place where, uh, like Paul told Timothy, he's telling him, "Hey, you, you stir up, you stir up." He's telling him, "This is something that you're going to have to do." Because there's going to be distractions come. Jesus said, there's, in this world, you'll have tribulation. But be of good cheer, I've overcome the world. So he's always redirecting our focus. Well, there's tribulation. Hey, be of good cheer, though, I've overcome the world. So don't focus on that. Don't focus on all the distractions. There's a mansion waiting for you in heaven. Paul said there's light afflictions, but for a moment. And can't be uh, compared to the eternal weight of glory. And so he's telling him this. This gift of God, this inner fire. That there's times where you're going to have to tend to it. There's times where you're going to have to take the fire poker and poke yourself a little bit. You know, it's easy... uh, it's easier to keep the fire going once it started. But when the fire goes out, you got to do what? You got to get it going again. But when the fire's going, hey, you can, you can blow on it. You can breathe on it. And that fire is going to burn a little brighter. You can throw another log on the fire. Throw some kindling, some log. Isn't that right? So he's saying here, you got you to gotta do this and be mindful of this. All right, go with me to Matthew chapter 3.
Verse 11. I indeed baptize you in with water because of repentance. That is because of your changing minds for the better, heartily amending your ways with abhorrence of your past sins. But he who is coming after me, speaking of Jesus, this is John the Baptist speaking of Jesus, he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I'm not worthy or fit to take off or carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. So this crystal sea, it says that it was what? Mingled with what? So there's a role that the Holy Spirit will play in every one of our lives. Luke chapter 12. Turn there with me. Luke chapter 12. Will you put up the Luke chapter 12, verse 49 in the Passion Translation, please? I have come to cast fire upon the earth and how I wish it were already kindled. Jesus said that. He said, I've come to send fire on the earth and how I wish it were already kindled. The the Passion Translation says, I've come to set the earth on fire. And how I long for every heart to be already ablaze with this fiery passion for God. I believe that we Christians need to get the fire back. It's not that everybody's lost the fire. I'm not saying that. But a fire can always burn brighter. You can get a fire going. And then next thing you know, you can... There's a, there's a fire that's a bigger fire that we call a bonfire. And you know, if you're going to a bonfire, that you know that that's going to be a huge fire. So I don't care where you're at. You could, you could have a little flame, no flame, a big flame. You can always burn brighter. So then it talks about the, the Holy Spirit in Acts chapter 1. Verse 8, but you shall receive power, ability, efficiency, and might when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses. So this Holy Spirit fire produces power. In your life, and this this word power is the word dunamis, which means ability, might, strength, and miraculous power. And I and I found this. <laughs> I love this. That this word dunamis also means this: divine power overcoming all resistance. Divine power overcoming all resistance. So the Holy Spirit is the fire power, fire power, 
of every believer. And so Ephesians tell us that don't be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Holy Spirit, that this is a continuous process for us. And you'll see it throughout Acts. You know, if you go look at some of the scriptures in Acts where they were, uh, they were already filled with the Holy Spirit, but, but it was another filling of the Holy Spirit. In other words, you can't be too filled. You can't have too much of God in your life. You can't have too much fire in your life. In fact, uh, Hebrews says that God is an all-consuming what? And so he wants to burn so brightly in us that there is nothing left of us. And it's all of him. It's a fire. Now, if you, if you stand close to a fire, you get what? You get burned. Spiritually speaking, this is a good thing. Now, if you don't want to get, there are things in your life that you don't want the fire to burn up. You'll step away from the fire. You step away from the fire, you know, your, your passion will, will begin to wane, your zeal. And with that, you know, it's not that the power is not there, but your confidence to believe in faith for that power to be exercised through you won't be as great. Acts chapter 10, verse 38 says how God anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with strength, ability, and power and how he went about doing good and in particular, curing all who were harassed and oppressed by the power of the devil. So you have to understand that if those that aren't born again, the, the devil has power over them. They say, well, no, I, I choose. I choose. You know, I have a choice. And, and, and I don't believe in God. Or, or I'm, I'm this. I'm, I'm an atheist. I'm an agnostic. Gnostic. All the stuff that people have come up with. But the choice to not receive Jesus means that you've made the choice to be bound by Satan. So the lack of choice... Or what you think is a lack of choice is a choice after all. <laughs> Was that too strong the way I said that? Or <laughs> I'm just telling the truth. So, notice here that it says that Jesus was anointed with the Holy Spirit and power. And he used that power to do good, in particular, curing all who were harassed and oppressed of the devil. So this power that the Holy Spirit gives us is not just for us to believe and receive things into our life, but the power is for us to do good 
and to flow through us to do good and to heal all who are oppressed of the devil. Jesus said, ought not this woman be loosed who's been bound by Satan? So what was that? Doing good. When we, when we pray for someone and release this power that the Holy Spirit gives us in our life, is this good or is this bad? It's good. And why is it good? Because we are releasing the power over the enemy who has bound this person. And so God wants, needs us to burn bright, to burn with passion and fire of the Holy Ghost and release this fire power into the earth. And so we're, we are his agents. And I see, you know, all of the separation of doctrinal differences. There's only one thing that can bring all of us together. It's the fire of the Holy Ghost. <laughs> that can burn up all of the wrong thinking. That can burn up all of the all of the separation and the walls that we've built up. It doesn't distinguish in Revelation that there's a Baptist section, there's a Methodist section, there's the Lutheran section, there's the there's the Pentecostal section. Oh, that's where they dance over there. They, it doesn't distinguish that. It says the body of Christ. Mingled with fire. So, Paul tells us in Ephesians to be strong in the Lord and in the what? Power of His might. This isn't in your power. It's not in your strength. It's taking on the power. Uh, it's the power within you of the Holy Spirit that's on the inside of you. And he says, be strong in that power. The tra- uh, passage translation says, stand victorious with the force of his explosive power flowing in and through you. Paul said, my preaching, my speech was not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power, that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. People need to see the power of God of God outside of these walls. They need to see the power of God in the workplace. They need to see the power of God in the restaurants. They need to see the power of God in the grocery stores. I just heard a story about Norval Hayes that, you know, this girl kept coming by and growling. And of course, it wasn't the girl growling. It was the spirit in her 
that didn't like what was in Norval Hayes. And so <laughs> right in the middle of this restaurant, <laughs> he starts praying for this girl and everybody kind of stepped back, got this girl delivered who was bound by Satan. He was, she was bound by the power of Satan. And he got her delivered, set free, born again. Where? In a restaurant. Last week, uh, I went up to Seattle to, maybe you've heard in the news, to this, uh, the, the place they call CHOP, where all the demonstrations were going. And we kept running into this one couple, and it was the third time that uh, we had seen them, uh, Kenny Cable and I. And the, the third time we said, you know, <laughs> why do we keep seeing you? And we sat down and started talking to, to them, and they were believers. And they were supposed to go on a family vacation to, uh, I believe it was Yellowstone. And the husband said to the wife, no, just me and you are going to go. We're going to go to Seattle for vacation. Well, Seattle was boarded up. There wasn't anything going on down there except for these, you know, protests. And so we're sitting in there, you know, just sharing with them and, and um while I'm talking business with the husband, the, the wife is telling Kenny, you know, my son just came back from youth camp and got filled with the Holy Ghost, speaking in tongues, and he's on fire. And it's changed our household, and, uh, and you know, I want that. And so we get done talking to him. We walk outside of Starbucks around the corner to the back alley and lay hands on them. Jesus, we thank you for the gift of the Holy Spirit. And we ask you now to baptize us in the Holy Spirit and power with the evidence of speaking in tongues. And we laid hands on them and then began to begin to pray with them. You may have your own way to do that. If, if you've ever led someone in being baptized in the Holy Spirit, that's an easy way to do it. Is, is lay hands on them, have them say, Jesus, you know, thank you for the gift of the Holy Spirit. And uh, Holy Spirit, fill me now and give me my heavenly language. And then begin to pray with them. And, whoa, man, the wife, whoa, she was, I was standing behind her. She goes back like this, immediately begins to pray in her heavenly prayer language. And, and she got it. And she's, you know, this is the power of God. People say, well, my knees went weak. That's the power of God that we're talking about. And then we turned on the husband. He didn't know what hit him. And then he received the, the Holy Spirit. And he, whoo! Man, I never felt like anything like that before. Now think about this. Think about it. The husband changed the whole family plans, the kids and everybody going out to Yellowstone, to go to Seattle 
where the whole downtown was boarded up. Businesses were just starting to open the Monday we got there. Most of them still weren't open. They run into us three times. Is this just coincidence? Or did God have a purpose there? Sometimes we have to open our eyes to what God would have us do. Because folks, it's time and the time is now to begin to release what's on the inside of us. We're not deceived. We have the victory because Jesus has already triumphed over the devil. We have power over the enemy. We've been given authority over every demonic force. We take our authority. This is what we do. This is who we are. We are God's army in the earth. We're not just a, 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 a gentle sheep in his pasture. Amen. Amen. We are soldiers in the army of God. And it's time for some of us to get up, dust yourself off. Maybe you've been wounded in battle. But I know a healer. And so do you. His name is Jesus. And he's the king above all kings. He rides on the winds of mercy. There's healing in his wings. So take the roof off your doubt. And let your faith come out. Because there's a healer in the house today. (laughs) He's on the inside of us. We have to release. Release it. Release it. You say, well, what if nothing happens? What if it does? Why don't you get you out of the way? You know, Miss Selfie. You're thinking about yourself, what you're going to look like with your duck lips. (laughs) I'm not going to go any further on that one. (laughs) Okay. It was the anointing power of the Holy Spirit that worked miracles in the life of Jesus, through Jesus. And we can expect the same miracle working power operating in our lives today. But we must stay stirred up and not quench the fire. It says in a couple different places, don't quench the fire. There's a reason why. A lady told a preacher one time that a demon was sitting on her, to which the preacher replied, flies can only sit on a cold stove. 
And on a cold stove, they can sit very long. Get the fire of the Holy Spirit into your life. And that dirty demon will not dare touch you lest he burn his filthy fingers. The fire of God is going to produce these things in your life. A passion. It's a passion for God. A passion for the things of God. A passion for the house of God. Who would have ever thought that forsake not the assembling of yourselves would be a literal scripture? No, I just want to rather stay home and and watch online. I'm glad we have that technology. But there's a reason why we were given this scripture, forsake not the assembling of yourselves. Because there's something happens when the body gets together. What, what Satan wants to do is isolate you from the body. If he can isolate you from the body, then there's not an army that he has to contend with. He rolls around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. The ones that he tries to devour are the ones that have separated themselves because there's strength in numbers. It had produced a passion in your life, this fire, power in your life, and a praise. I'm running out of time. I want to give you just a couple of things of ways you can stir yourself up. Ready? Three things. Ready? Come on, act like you want it. Okay. I'm sorry. The word. Number one, the word. Jeremiah said, is not my word like a fire and like a hammer that breaks the rock in pieces? Jeremiah 23, 29. Jeremiah 20, verse 9. But his word was in my heart. He didn't say it was in my head. Oh, man, I don't have time to stick here, but a lot of us have learned the scriptures. But they're a lot more effective when they're in their heart, in our heart, rooted in our heart. That's where we believe, we, not just in our heads. He says, it was like a burning fire shut up in my bones. If cancer can get in your bones, so can the word of God. He says, I was weary of holding it back. The reason why a lot of Christians are tired and weary is because there's this word that's on the inside of them that's not being released. They're only living for themselves. When God's called us to go ye. You know, there are plenty of things that you can get involved with talking to our church here. There are plenty of things you can get involved with. Pastor Rick goes into the high schools. We could easily be in 10 more high schools. At least. Easily. But he's only one person. That's an evangelism outreach that will take the fire that's in you and allow you to release it. We have a prison ministry 
a detention center ministry. We go, we go overseas. What else, brother? Nursing home. There's a women's, uh, women's outreach. The police outreach. There's a lot of things that you can get involved in. And I don't want to reduce this to, you need to practice this. But you need to practice this. Listen, God didn't call you. Can I say this? Can I say this? God didn't call you to be a pew sitter. <laughs> Luke twenty four thirty two. Did not our hearts burn within us while he talked and opened up the scriptures to us? The Passion Translation said, didn't our hearts burn with flames of holy passion? And he unveiled such profound revelation for the scriptures. The Message Translation said, didn't we feel on fire as he conversed with us on the road? So we have the faith that when we release the word of God, see, people don't need your opinion. They need the word of God. That's like a fire on the inside of you. Because when you release the word of God, you're releasing a fire that can catch heart, catch fire in someone else's life. We were meant to burn bright with fire. A fire that's fed will spread. And that's what happens when we get into the word of God and we get the word on the inside of us. It's like throwing another log on the fire. Three more logs on the fire. Clutter will smother a fire. You have to make room for the fire to breathe. Isn't that right? Because God is an all-consuming fire. Talking about the Word of God. How can a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed to your Word. My soul clings to dust. Revive me according to your Word. Psalm 119, verse 25. Psalm 119, verse 28. My soul melts from heaviness. Strengthen me according to your Word. Number two. Way you can stir yourself up. By remembering the things that God has done. Your memory. See, a lot of times our memory wants to go back to, the, to our failures. Our memory wants to go back to the things that have caused us pain. But that's not the defining moment in your life. The defining moment in your life was when Jesus Christ came on the inside of you and made you alive. That's the defining moment. And he said, old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And so our memory... Peter said, first, second Peter 1, 13, I will stir you up by reminding you. Second Peter 3, 1, stir up your pure minds by way of reminder. Memory is a big way to stir yourself up. When Paul told Timothy, stir yourself up. Memory is a big way that you can stir this fire that's on the inside of you. 
See, I remember. See, nobody can tell me God's not a healer, that Jesus doesn't heal. Because I remember the time when I was a boy. I was 11 years old. My back hurt. I couldn't even sit in church. And I walked out crying because my back hurt so bad. And an elder, not the pastor, not the assistant pastor, just a man that was serving. And he saw me walk out crying. He said, what's wrong? I said, my back hurts. He says, sit down. He pulled my feet out. One was like two inches shorter than the other. He said, you believe Jesus can heal you? I said, yes. In the name of Jesus. And I began to feel this warmth come over my back. And that that leg grew out. I saw, he said, now look at your leg. They were even. You can't tell me God doesn't heal. Nikki's twin sister was just healed, completely healed of stage four cancer. You can't tell me the word doesn't work. You can't tell me God's promises aren't true because they are. He is a God that cannot lie. So I stir myself up with these things. You know, this is a time where uh, people are, you know, the job situation, finances. I remember when I was working for a company that went bankrupt. They owed me a check at the end of every year. And we lived on that check till August. They owed me $125,000. We lived on that check till August. That, that was our money to get us through to August. You're not get your check. Plus, you got to pay $11,000 to get out of this bankruptcy suit. Now, I didn't do anything to get in that. It wasn't, it wasn't me that was the owner of the company. I was just a sales rep. But I remember... How God got us through that situation. We never lacked for anything, did we, honey? We never lacked for anything. He got us through. And when, so when I get into a situation, I go back and remember that. God, I remember when you came through that time. Your word is still true today. It hasn't changed. See, if we just go back and recall these things and remind ourselves... Of what the word says. Well, the word says, my God shall supply all my needs according to his, his, his riches, his riches. Now remember these things. See, we're living in the day. Listen, hey, hey, this rapture, the second coming of Christ is not going to be a rescue mission. We're not going to be defeated, wounded. No, we're going out a glorious church. That means we're going out on top. When the Israelites went out of Egypt, guess what? They went out with all the gold, all the treasures of Egypt. That's how he does it. When, when, when God restores his people, it's never at the place they started. It's always more because he's the God of abundance. We're entering the greatest, the greatest, not only, not only miracle season, but included in that is the greatest financial miracle season that we've ever experienced. It's just part of the deal. It's just a package deal. 
Because we're not going out poor, depressed, sick, lame. We're going out a glorious church. So I remind myself of these things. I remind myself. Lord, you never uh, forget the seeds that I've sown. I know I've got seeds in the ground. What about you? You remind yourself. That's what David did when he stood in front of Goliath or when he stood in front of King Saul. He said, hey, you're just a youth. And he's been a warrior since his youth. But David stirs himself up and he said, the same God who is with me when I faced the lion, the same God who was with me when I faced the bear. What's he doing? He's stirring himself up. What's he doing? Recalling by memory the things that God has done for him. He says, this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them. So you not only stir yourself up, but you begin to speak words of faith. That's what he's doing when he says, bless the Lord, oh my soul. Hey, it doesn't matter how you feel today. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. He's talking to himself. When you don't have anyone else that can pick you up, you can stir yourself up. Lord, bless the Lord, oh my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Lord, I don't forget all your benefits. Who heals all my diseases? Who forgives all my iniquities? Because why? Because there's no sin too great for the blood of Jesus that washes me and covers me and sets me free. The blood of Jesus that that heals me. (laughs) What am I doing? Reminding myself. And number three, you can stir yourself up by praying in the Holy Ghost. It says those that pray in the Holy Spirit edify themselves. For the sake of our sermon, we can say those who pray in the Holy Spirit stir themselves up. Stand with me. Stand with me. Let's pray in the Holy Spirit. Let's, hey, let's stir ourselves up right now. Let's stir ourselves up right now. Stir yourself up. Come on, press in right now. Pray in the Holy Ghost. Hey, if you don't have this language, if you don't have this heavenly language, to know how to pray in the Holy Ghost and you want to receive that right now, come up quick, come up quick. You want to receive your heavenly language, you've never done that. Come up quick. Come up quick. Hashtag kebesto koboro koboshe. Bashtag kerete manaka.
like rivers of living water flowing out of your belly right now, like rivers of living water. We stir ourselves up, Father. We stir ourselves up right now. We stir ourselves up. Come on, stir yourselves up. Come on. It's a fire of the Holy Ghost. The fire of the Holy Ghost. Fire of the Holy Ghost. Burn bright on the inside of us. Burn bright on the inside of us. Expansion, Lord. Expand our influence in Jesus' name. Expand our influence in Jesus' name. Expand our influence, Lord. May we burn bright. May we burn bright for you. May we burn bright for you. Jesus. You need healing in your body. Go. Go up front. You need healing. You need healing in your body. Go up front. Fire of the Holy Ghost. Fire of the Holy Ghost. Fire, fire of the fire of the Holy Ghost. Fire of the Holy Ghost.
church, stretch your hands forth. Agree in faith. You add your faith. Amen. As we pray the Holy Ghost, we're coming into agreement with the Spirit. Hallelujah. Healing flow. Lord, this bone is in place. Begin to loosen this up. No scar tissue in Jesus' name. Miraculous recovery right now in Jesus' name.
Father. I pray you go deeper in his Sometimes heart. Sometimes you just have to drink in the spirit. Lord, I Amen. thank you for a deeper walk with so you right now. So can we do that before Jesus we name. release today, Lord, before we close we fan out the flame the of the Holy Spirit working in Let's him. just drink in the spirit. Build yourself and Father, up in your most fire will burn faith. right on him. Lord, he'll be a great soul for you. There are rivers of living water in you right now. you got a great Activate the river. You know how to talk to him. The Lord will give you the words to say. You're going to win many people. Many people to Jesus. We receive your power, Lord. We receive your goodness. We receive your presence. We receive your glory. Come on. Come on. In the pink dress, in the back, the pink dress. Yes, you, looking around. I'll just come to you. Keep praying in the Holy Ghost. It's okay if I pray for you. Oh, it's not a dress. All I can see, and it looked pink from back there. <laughs> That's why you're looking around. <laughs> what do you need prayer for? What do you need prayer for? Father, Lord, you know all things. And Father, I thank you for the healing ointment, the healing anointing to go over her heart right now in Jesus' name. Lord, all the wounds of the past, Father, I thank you that you do a surgery on that right now. Lord, there will not even be a scar from it. And as the love of God, the peace of God comes all over her in Jesus' name. have to wrap this up. <laughs> I don't want to go. Father, we thank you for what you did in our life today. Father, may we burn bright. Lord, we, we say may Isaiah 60 that our light's shining in us, around us, that people come to the shining of our light. May we burn brighter. May we live in Isaiah 60 right now and be a living testimony of Isaiah 60 that this fire is so bright on the inside of us. And Lord, with this 
Father, I pray that the things of our heart that are not of you, that you'll burn those up too. Lord, I see so many people that have tried to do it themselves. (laughs) But it's in your power. It's in your touch. So, Father, our part is that we yield that, that to you. We give you access. By doing so, we're saying we put our trust in you, our complete trust. And Father, this is my prayer over all of us and everyone who was able to watch this. My prayer, Lord, That we'll never be the same. In Jesus' name. That we'll never go back. That we'll never burn dimmer. But that we'll continue to burn brighter and brighter and brighter and brighter. And we thank you for it. In Jesus' name. I think you ought to shout amen. Amen.